The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. I thought this week it'd be interesting to take some what-if scenarios and apply them to chronic stress monitoring and other recurring concepts and themes in this podcast and go through the various options and the rationale for different courses of action. Um, So just to recap, perfect stress and chronic stress monitoring. Um, And by the way, if you haven't listened to the very first episode, what is perfect stress? I think it would be very helpful. Uh, But basically, you start by signing up at mystressalarm.com. It's free for a limited time. It monitors your chronic stress levels and warns you when you're at increased risk of triggering symptoms related to stress. That could be an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or anything else you think might be stress-related. It's very simple to use. Each day, typically in the morning, you just answer a couple multiple-choice questions about your rest and sleep, and then enter up the three symptoms you had, if any, since your last update, and were they mild, moderate, or severe. That's it. Easy peasy. Shouldn't take you more than a minute if you're slow. Um, But based on that data, it measures and tracks your daily cumulative stress level. It also identifies your threshold number, which is that stress level when you generally become symptomatic. And that number will continue to adjust over time as you continue to make your assessments each day. And this way, you can see roughly, it's not an exact science, but roughly, how close you are to triggering symptoms on any given day. And you could decide to either stay the course and accept the risk that day. And there may be legitimate reasons to do that, even if the risk is high. Um, Not ideal, but... Or you may decide instead to reduce your workload somehow and or take other steps to reduce stress in order to say to stay under your threshold and avoid triggering symptoms. But you become more confident and timely in the decisions you make because they're now data-driven, right? You're now able to take calculated risks rather than just blindly plugging away at your working goals, having no idea when your next flare is going to be. So you're no longer in the dark. You're much more aware of your decisions and how they affect you and your uh, performance, your productivity. And that's the basic gist of chronic stress monitoring. Another way to look at it is it's, it's more reactive than proactive. It's basically seeing how much you can work without making yourself sick rather than jumping right into uh, trying to build healthy habits in your routine proactively. So with all that in mind, let's explore some scenarios, um, dilemmas, and what the best course of action might be. And I want to emphasize that there is no right or wrong answer here. Um, Some people are going to feel very strongly about what the best decision is for, you know, different situations. But these are personal decisions that you have to make for yourself um, if you're faced with any of these dilemmas. And that's exactly what they are dilemmas. So 
Let's say you're working on something very consuming, very involved, requires deep thought, concentration. Maybe you have um, five spreadsheets open at once and you're cross-referencing A to B to C while looking out for D or E. <laughs> and let's say you might need around, uh, around another hour to get it all done, realistically. But you don't really know for sure. Um, but it's also about that time to get ready for bed if you want to get to sleep on time. Now, you know that if you put this stuff down right now, it's going to be a lot harder to pick up again tomorrow. And, and to have to remember everything that, you, you know, that you're thinking about um, and get that momentum going again in order to get it done. So, do you A, put it down and go to bed on time? B, compromise by working on it for a half hour longer, but if you don't get it done by then, go to bed? Or C, finish the work no matter how long it takes? So, option A, put it down and go to bed. It sounds good on the surface, but it's probably going to be a lot harder for you to fall asleep because in the back of your mind, you know, you know, you're, you're going to have to remember all these things that you're doing um, so you can efficiently pick it up again tomorrow. Um, you could try writing down a checklist of things that you have to think about, but that takes time too. And you have to stop now in order to go to bed. That's the, that's the scenario. So the quality of your sleep may suffer even if you get to bed on time. It's just hard to stop in the middle of something so involved. Um, it's hard to, to let go mentally at the drop of a dime. So just because you get to bed on time doesn't guarantee that you'll get a good night's sleep. Um, not to mention, again, how efficient, inefficient it is to stop and start again for this particular type of job. So you're going to have to work harder and it's going to take longer to get it done than if you just push through it now. And, and this is sort of the concept of chunking in uh, uh, productivity. So personally, I would not choose option A, but again, there is no right or wrong answer here. Um, and option B, working for another half hour, doesn't really buy you much. I mean, you're still going to go to, you know, go to bed not having completed the task, um, except now you've basically guaranteed yourself uh, you're not getting to bed on time. And who knows what the quality of your sleep is going to be. So that just leaves option C, finish the work no matter how long it takes. Now, remember, in this scenario, it would probably take another hour, but you don't really know for sure. Now, if you thought it was going to be several more hours to finish, that would be a whole different story. But if it's going to take around one hour, I personally would rather keep my train of thought and push through it, even though it means cutting my sleep by an, an hour or more. And this way, at least I go to bed knowing I'm done this important task. I have that sense of accomplishment, whatever it is. So I'm more likely to be able to let it go mentally and fall asleep easier. So even though I'm getting to bed an hour later, my expectation is that overall, it's still going to be a better night's sleep uh, than if I put everything down and went to bed on time. Not ideal, but that's the point of this exercise, to go through some real life dilemmas and what to do. And to be fair, because you're not letting yourself unwind properly, your sleep may be shot no matter what you do. 
And truth be told, I've had this exact scenario come up many times, although not nearly as much in recent years. But one thing very important I need to point out, because your chronic stress level is going to go up as a result of overworking, there may be a delayed reaction of sorts between the time you begin to approach your threshold number and when you actually start feeling symptoms. At least that's what I've found to be the case for me. So one thing I commit to doing right after completing such a significant task, even if I haven't felt any symptoms to that point, is take a break, a good break, for at least a couple days after, because I anticipate that wave coming, my body's delayed response, kind of like a tsunami wave. The earthquake happens first, and the ocean looks peaceful, but that wave is coming, and you better be ready for it. The only other thing I'd suggest is, if possible, um, if you can identify a natural break in the work, um, if you can get it to a certain state in, say, 15 minutes, that makes it easier to pick up again later, then even though it's not finished per se, that may be enough to ease your mind and you can fall asleep easier without actually finishing the whole task. So let's try a different scenario, shall we? Isn't this fun? Um, it's great if you can cook at home every night and as much from scratch as possible because processed foods aren't good for you, right? But as far as saving time goes, it's hard to beat getting carryout. Even though it does take time to get carryout too, you have to pick it up or actually not, it could be delivered, but, um, but you don't have to prep and cook and clean up and all that. But you do tend to trade nutrition. They typically put more salt in and give you ridiculous portions. So anyway, um, consider this scenario. Let's say Jane Doe has multiple sclerosis, and she knows that stress can trigger her MS symptoms. Um, Now, Jane was planning to cook a good dinner tonight at home. She had gone grocery shopping, um, we'll say almost a week ago, but only today she found a chance to cook. Okay, she has a fully stocked fridge with lots of organic veggies and other good stuff, uh, but she has to eat it soon or it may go bad, right? So over the past several days, Jane's sleep hasn't been too good and she's had to work a bit more than usual in the past week. So she's been lucky to get an hour to an hour and a half rest in each day for the whole day, Not, not counting sleep, of course. Um. So Jane's approaching her threshold number, which is that stress level when her MS starts to flare. Now tonight, she finds herself an hour behind schedule. Oh, and the only thing open right now as far as restaurants is fast food. Okay, so what should Jane do? A, cook as she planned to. B, get fast food. And C, heat up a cheap frozen dinner. The operative word here is cheap not one of those gourmet ones, Um, and D, skip dinner altogether and go to bed. Now, as for option A, cook as she planned to, the consequences of triggering her symptoms, namely the pain, you know, and anything related to that, the the treatments, money for treatments, um, as well as the time to get treatment, um, are much greater than the benefits of eating one nutritious meal, in my opinion. And whatever money she saves by eating the food before it goes bad. For every minute, Jane works more than what is generally considered a balanced lifestyle. And we could talk about what that means. But it's a double whammy. 
she's depriving herself of the rest she already needs while expending even more energy. Now, option D, skip dinner, that's not a good option since going to bed hungry can make falling asleep impossible. Um, So if I were Jane, I would choose options B or C, get fast food or heat up a cheap frozen dinner. Again, not ideal, but under the circumstances, I think the best course of action in my opinion. Um, But again, there is no right answer here. If you decide to cook, then so be it. Now, I have been really looking into meal delivery plans um, so I don't have to trade nutrition for convenience. Um, And from what I can tell, they could be broken broken down into two categories. Ones that just provide the measured out ingredients and and then they provide you with the recipe. Um, And those that everything's done and vacuum sealed and you can heat it up however you like. For me, it's the latter. I go I go to the grocery store anyway, so I'm not really saving time by having a company deliver my groceries to me, uh, but then I still have to prep and cook and clean. Uh, but my main complaint with most of these companies is how much food you have to purchase. You see, I live alone and I don't necessarily want to eat their food five to seven days a week. You know, I may only want three meals a week from them. Um, But every week, I'll I'll be a loyal customer. But uh, So I'm actually going to try this one company, Trifecta, mainly because of this reason. Now, I watched a video from them, and the guy happened to mention that you can get delivery for whatever frequency you want it. That fact is nowhere to be found on their website, besides the video, I mean. And there's no way for you to change the frequency from weekly to something else. So I emailed them and simply asked, how do you change the frequency? And they replied and said, just order the meals first, then call them. And on their end, they can change it to whatever you want. So obviously, they don't want you to you know, be thinking other than weekly. <laughs> um, but I'm going to give them a shot and I'll let you know how it turns out. Uh, but I think I'm going to start off with uh, three to four meals a week, something like that. So I have other scenarios uh, that, that I can go over, but I think I'll save that for another time. What do you think about my choices? Do you agree with them? Do you think I'm dead wrong? <laughs> Maybe leave a comment and let me know what you think. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time, there's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.